You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon this morning is I'm Coming Out of This Better. I'm coming out of this better. We're coming into the second month of quarantining of uh, non-essential workers being at home, essential workers steady working. And you know, the first month, I think if I'm being honest, it was kind of an opportunity to do a, a little mental checkout. You know, we've, we've got so much going on, so much news, so much things happening, and, and we're coming out of a, a busy first quarter of the year that, man, everything stops, everything slows down. It's like I can just take a breath. You know, I, I don't want to get stressed out and worried. I'm trusting God as we go through this pandemic and go through all these things. But that first month, I said, well, I could just kind of take a breath and, and, and relax and clear my mind. Then we got to the second month. And I said, well, I'm, I've got breathing taken care of. I, I've checked that off, and, and, and I feel like I need to be productive. I feel like I, I haven't been doing anything, although we've been taking care of the family, and we've been working and doing stuff with the church. And I said, I, just, I don't feel like I've been productive And the thought came to me earlier in the month, if I want to come out of this better, let's say I have one more month before everything ramps back up, the craziness of life goes boom, right back to the normal, new normal, whatever normal will look like, am I going to come out of this season of two, three months better, worse, stronger, sicker? I mean, what am I going to come out of? I want to make the decision, and I decided at the beginning of the month, I'm going to come out of this better. So beginning of the month, I started deep cleaning the house, scrubbing in the back parts of the house that you don't really reach for when guests are coming over. It's where you you sweep everything to. Started deep cleaning the house. I I decided, you know what, I might start running a little bit, getting back in shape. Um, Found out I can't breathe, so that's an indicator. I'm not getting better there. Uh, so kind of doing some exercise. Let's get the body moving. We've been, we've been sitting and cooped up in the house. You know, Maddie and Noah have been riding their bikes. Um, if you look out your window, uh, during the day, you might see them pedal by. Um, I also got kind of, um, uh, what's the, the word, um, I don't want to say condemned, uh, but condemned is probably a good word. When my son would come home and said, dad, we rode four miles on the bike, and I said, you know, I, I ate some M&M's and washed it down w- with a little Debbie's cake, so that's cool. Um, and so got out and moved a little bit, and, and then I decided that I, I want to get my mind racing again. I, I want to get, and so I, I started looking at some different things that I wanted to learn, and um, I bought some books. Uh, waiting on them to come in on some topics that, that I wanted to improve in my life. So uh, there's some books that I'm going to start reading. Um, there's some pastors that I've been listening to, their podcasts, their messages to get my spirit going again. Um, there's a pastor that, that I've been listening to who's doing like a leadership conference via online this month that I signed up for. Um, now, I might have pushed it too far uh, in uh, in filling up the uh, the calendar for this month, but, but I, I just... 
I, I thought to myself, I, I, I want to come out of this better. What does that look like? Physically, can I come out of this better? Mentally, I want to come out of this better. Emotionally, I want to come out of this better. Spiritually, I want to come out of this better. And I want to give you some steps today. I want to encourage you today with some practical steps on what I'm doing and what we're going to see in the scriptures biblically on how we can do this better. What we're going to talk about today is the story of the battle of Jericho, but we're not going to come at it from the angle of Joshua and the Israelites. We're going to look at this story through the filter of Rahab, this Canaanite prostitute who's living in Jericho, and she's just hanging out, doing whatever she's doing. With, she says she has family, mom and dad. She has siblings. She's worried about them. And all of a sudden, there's this rumor. Social media starts buzzing. JNN, Jericho News Network, is live on location as they hear about the Israelites crossing the Jordan River, coming close to them. They start hearing rumors that there's spies in the camp. People have shown up and they're looking to take down our city. All of a sudden, this fear is running rampant through the town, and Rahab hears about the spies, hears about the Israelites, hears about their God, who is sending a pillar of fire by night, who's dropping manna from the clouds, who's bringing in quail, who's destroyed the Egyptian army. They say, what is coming our way? And the town goes into a frenzy, and all of a sudden, she hears a knock at the door. All of a sudden, she hears a window open, and she goes back to the back room, and there are two men who probably look completely different. Maybe they look like James Bond. Maybe they look like ninjas. I don't know what spies look like back in the day. And she sees those two men standing there, and she hears the army. She hears the cops going from door to door. The cops show up, and they say, we hear... The two spies are in your house. She said, what? No, I don't even know what spies are. I don't know who that is. She says, oh, wait, I think I have heard of spies. They, they were here. You're right. They were here, um, but they left, and they went to the mountains. You could probably catch them. They, they were real slow. If you run fast, you could probably catch them. And they leave, and she goes, and we find in the story that she's hidden these two men on the top of her roof underneath some grass, basically. And we're going to pick up in that story in Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 11 is where we'll go. Now therefore the, they lay down. She came up to them on the roof, verse 9, and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, with whom you utterly destroyed. Verse 11, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Number one, what if we 
looked at our God like the way that she sees their God, who's doing miracles, signs, and wonders. I think sometimes as Christians, we can, we can forget how powerful our God is. We can forget how mighty our God is. We can forget that God loves to show off and show out to his people and to people who don't really call him their father. And so as we plan on coming out of this better, the the first step that I think that's practical for us, how can I come out of this season better, is to assess your situation. Number one, you need to assess your situation. You see, Rahab, when she meets these two spies, she does a pretty good job of assessing the situation. She She does a very great job of assessing the town. They are in a all-out panic. They are in a a fear-based mentality that they know that something big, something scary, something different is coming and it's going to destroy us. It's going to terrorize us. It's going to take us down. And it seems like she's one of the only level-headed ones that are out there. The, The rest of the Jericho sounds like they're in a frenzy. They're shutting the doors to the city. They're not letting anybody out. Probably shutting down restaurants and salons as well. Doesn't this sound like a familiar story that history does repeat itself? So they're shut down. They're locked down. They're they're looking for the spies. And she does what we need to do as we want to come out of this season better is number one, assess the situation. Where are you at in your life? There was fear all around her. There was defeat throughout the city. But she understood that life was about to change dramatically and she wanted to assess the situation. I want to encourage you today to assess your situation. Where are you right now? Where are you spiritually in your relationship with God? At the beginning of the year, we talked about reading the Bible, and and we talked about the importance of getting the Word inside of us. Where are you right now? Has your relationship been stronger with God? Has He fallen by the wayside as you've let fear or concern or worry or maybe even anger at God for situations that have happened in your life over the last couple months? Where are you emotionally? Where are you mentally? God says that we're supposed to renew our mind. And renewing our mind is not a one-time thing. There's, there's not a pill on the market that's called renew your mind that you take and you're good to go for the rest of your life. There's not a patch that I can put on my shoulder that I can wear for six months that'll help me for the next six months of the year. Renew your mind means that I have to constantly renew my mind. If I want to get muscles, I can't just do one push-up and think, my wife's going to love me now, I'm going to start ripping my shirts. It's not going to happen. I've got to constantly do push-ups to grow those muscles. Where are you emotionally? Where are you? Where are you physically? You know, like I said, I've, I've been gouging on M&Ms and whatever cakes are in the house and, you know, it's time to... Calm down on that. Maybe eat a banana every once in a while. 
But now is the time as we're about to get back into the busyness, is assess your situation. Just like Rahab, she's, she's very, very observant of who God is. She's very observant of who these Israelites are. She's very observant of what God is about to do. And she's not even a Christian. She's not even tied. At this time, it's the old covenant. She's not even, she doesn't even have the opportunity to step into a covenant with God like we do. And she's way more knowledgeable and sees the clarity of what's about to happen. So number one, assess your situation. Number two, the second step for you to come out of this better is to choose the Lord's side. Look at verse 12. So she just gets done in verse 11 and says, As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he, look at the statement that she is making. He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. I would say six months, a year ago, Rahab was doing her thing in Jericho and probably had no idea who Yahweh was, had no idea who the Israelites were. And all of a sudden, as the rumors started coming, a couple weeks, a couple months happened, and all of a sudden she makes this statement, He is God. Now she has a revelation. He is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. And look at verse 12 as she's talking to these two spies. She says, Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord. Number two, the second step is choose the Lord's side. Rahab just met these men, had just heard stories of their God, and look how quickly she realized that she needed to get away from the fear. She needed to get away from the defeat and side with God and his people. I mean, this, this moment, you know, who knows the type of gods that they were serving in Jericho? The temples that she went to, uh, the, the gods that were there, the people that, that they were serving and worshiping, the, the human sacrifices that were rampant back then. I mean, all of the, the things that was, were happening, and she has this revelation of there's somebody coming, and he's way bigger than these gods. He, she sees her government officials acting in fear. They're shutting the doors there's building up their army. And she said, who is coming that is bigger than our gods in our temples? Who is coming that's bigger than our king that they're scared? She said, you know what? I'm going to choose that side. I'm going to choose the Lord's side. And look, as Joshua finishes his life in the last chapter of Joshua, as he's talking to the Israelite people, he speaks out, And he encourages them. Joshua 24, verse 15. He says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But look at Joshua's statement on his deathbed. He says, But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Be honest with yourself. As you've gone through this time period, have you chosen the Lord's side? The Lord's side looks like peace. The Lord's side looks like faith over fear. 
the Lord's side looks like healing, prosperity, love, mercy, grace, strength. That's the Lord's side. And there's no condemnation if you look at yourself and you say, ah, I don't think I've been on the Lord's side through this season. It's okay because it says there is now no more condemnation in those who are following Jesus. You can pick right back up with him because his mercies are new every morning. He's ready as soon as you make the realization of, oh, I've, I've misstepped here. I've made some bad decisions. It goes back to step number one, assessing yourself, being honest with yourself, making a true assessment of where you are. And as soon as you say, I'm, I might be faltering in some areas, well, now let's choose the side of the Lord to fix those areas. If you find out that you're not strong enough mentally in some areas, well, let's look at the Lord's verse. It says, let's renew our mind. If you find out spiritually you've kind of drifted away from God, the scripture says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. If physically you you don't feel healthy, you feel worn down, it says that you can rest in him. The scripture says in choosing the Lord's side, says that he will give you peace, that you don't have to be anxious for anything. If you feel like you're isolated and alone, the body of Christ is there to strengthen us and build us up and help us. Choose the Lord's side Today, make the decision and be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I've been looking at this differently. I've chosen the earth side, but not today. Today, I'm going to choose that me and my house are going to serve the Lord. I might have been negative in my house over this time. Well, God, where are you? What's going on? I don't want to get sick. I don't want to lose money. I gotta, I'm angry at you. I don't know what's going on. Okay, that's okay. But make the choice in front of your spouse. Make the choice in front of your kids. Make the choice in front of your your family and your grandparents. Even if the world is chaos all around like Rahab was experiencing, she says, I'm going to choose God's side today. As for me and my house, make that statement today. We will serve the Lord. After you've assessed your situation and you've made the choice I'm going to choose God's side. No matter what the earth says, no matter what the world says, no matter what my job says, no matter what my friends or family says, I'm choosing God's side. Number three, it's time to make a plan. Number three, it's time to make a plan. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 2 starting in verse 12 and go into verse 13. She's speaking, Rahab is speaking to the two spies. And she says, now for I beg you, swear to me, by the Lord. Here's their plan. Since I have shown kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I mean, if I was the spy right there, I'd be like, wait, Back it up a little bit. Calm down. You listed about 57 family members right there. Um, I I don't have the authority to do that. I got to talk with Joshua. Uh, Let me call him on my cell phone. Let me send a smoke signal. Uh, Let me send a uh, carrier pigeon. Uh, Hold on one second. Because she comes up with this plan, and I mean, she goes for it. And it's a lengthy plan. 
I want you to protect me, my mother, my father's household, my brothers, my sisters, all that they have. Oh, and deliver our lives from death, by the way, if you could just do that. And I find it amazing that as you read that story, that the two spies who, as we can tell, God is only speaking to Joshua at this time. He's the one leading and guiding the people on what to do and what to say, and he sends the spies out. But we don't see Joshua telling the spies, hey, if you happen to run into a harlot, tell them you'll save the whole family, uh, and then also tell us what's going on in the town. He doesn't give them permission to go on a saving mission. He says, go find out their weaknesses so we can exploit it and we can destroy the place. That's what God has said. He told us we're going to march around it a couple times, march around it seven times on the last day. Everybody's going to blow the horn. Things are going to get crazy and then kill everybody. And she comes up with this plan that is a little crazy is a little much to ask. If I was a spy, I would say, listen, there's two of us, there's you, you find one other person, and we'll make sure we save you. You and your dad, you and your mom, you and your favorite sibling, you and your cat. There's two of us, you saved our lives, so the debt that we need to repay is saving you and one other person. But that wasn't the plan that she came up with. She made it big, she made it as crazy as she could do. She was trying to include everything in her plan. That should challenge you and that should encourage you to step your faith up in the plan that you're going to come up with. That's you and the Holy Spirit, who's your teacher, who's your counselor, who's your helper. You've assessed the situation, number one, and you see there's some areas of improvement. You said, I'm coming out of this better, so I've got to fix some things. And how am I going to fix those things? Well, number one, it's by choosing the side of the Lord and what he's saying in his Bible about this situation. And now, number three, it's time to come up with a plan. How are we going to overcome this, God? How are we going to destroy this? And just like Rahab, it's got to be crazy. It's got to be big. It's got to be over. You know, you might have dealt with a sickness your whole life. Now's the time to come up with a plan that God's going to heal me. You might have dealt with insecurities your whole life. You might have dealt with mental issues. You might have dealt with insecurities. You might have dealt with financial struggles. No, no, no. Now's the time for God to do something big. Well, my uncle had it. My grandfather had it. I guess it's my turn to have it. No, 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 no. I'm choosing God's side today. His blood has covered me and healed me. It's not going to go on me, and it's not going to go past me into my children. We break that now in the name of Jesus. Time to come up with a plan. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. This should encourage you today to come up with a plan. And as you come up with that plan, the Lord is going to help direct your steps to complete that plan. I'm going to come out of this better, God, and we're going to do this, and I want to fix this, and I want to see some improvement in this. I want my marriage to be better. We've been at home together for two months. We're going to have a better marriage coming out on the other side. Been at home with the kids and the dog. We're going to have, we're going to have better kids. We're going, to, we're going to do what we can to, to help them grow better. Going to have a better house. Going to clean up some things. Going to do some things. And then all of a sudden, the Lord directs your path. 
you know, I was talking earlier about me trying to figure out, uh, just trying to get my mind back in shape and reading again. And I said, what, what books, you know, I want to read books. That's a very broad statement. It's a very broad plan. I just want to, I want to read some books to get my mind going again. You know, you read some articles online, but, you know, I, I get tired of, we're, we always stare at screens, phone screens, you know. If I read my Bible, I, I, want, a, I want a Bible. I want to read that. You know, I, I, want to, I want my eyes to focus on a book. And, um, and so I started thinking of some areas in my life that I wanted to improve. Okay. So then I started looking at books specifically to that area of my life. And it was just interesting how I could see the Lord directing my path and directing my steps to the two, three books that I've bought that I'm waiting for them to come that I believe can help me, help my family, help my future. So I want to encourage you today, make a plan. And as you walk through that plan, as you research that plan with the Bible, asking friends and family, Googling, asking Siri, she's listening anyway, so she probably has a plan for you already. And the Lord will direct your steps on where to go and who to talk to and what to get. We're almost done. Be honest with yourself and pray and come up with a plan with God to come out of this season better than before you entered it. The fourth step is operate in faith. Operate in faith. Joshua chapter 2, we're dropping all the way down to verse 21. The spies have spoken to her, have told her, we're going to save you. Whoever comes into your house, the house that we're standing in, however, I mean, this isn't social distancing. She said, he said, if whoever you can pack into your house, we will make sure that this house is saved. If anybody is outside of this house, then the blood is on their head. We are not responsible for them. But as many people as you can fit in your house and you can hang this scarlet cord out the window that you're letting us down from, then you'll be safe. You'll be taken care of. So they come back with kind of their crazy plan. And look at her response, Joshua 2, verse 21. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. If you go into the Gospels, and you read the story of Mary, as she's encountering the archangel, as he's describing to her, about what Jesus is going to do. As she's describing just the craziness of what's going to happen. So an angel shows up, number one. Mary's sitting there doing whatever Mary was doing at the time. And she looks over her shoulder and, ah! There's an angel there. He says, don't be afraid. She said, well, don't sneak up on me. She didn't say that. And she says... The Lord has seen you and finds you favorable. You're going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus and Emmanuel. And she says, okay. She said, well, I've got a fiance, and that, that checks off. We're going to get married. We, we'll have a baby, and we'll name him that. She said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, what actually is going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and, and bear a son. Now, if I'm Mary, number one, I'm, I'm dealing with an angel trying to process that, then she tells me I'm going to have a kid. Okay, I can understand that. I understand how that works. Then the angel says, no, 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 it's not really how having a kid works. 
The Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you. What is overshadow? Who's the Holy Spirit? What is, what is, but that's not Mary's response. Mary's response is the same response that we see Rahab saying. Let it be. According to your words. If you read it, almost verbatim, Mary tells the, the angel the same thing. According to your words, so be it. I don't understand how this plan's going to work. I, I don't understand how you're going to show up, God. I don't understand what you're going to do. This is, we've been struggling with this for years. We've been failing at this for years. We, we've been trying to overcome this for years. I, I don't know how it's going to work. But sometimes we just got to operate in faith and say, according to your word, let it be. Let it be. Just like we see Rahab. Rahab had to put complete faith in this new God. She had to put complete faith in these new spies. She had to put complete faith in her plan and their plan that she would be protected in her family. I mean, imagine that she has to now secretly go because she's already lied to the officials and said, oh yeah, the spies were here, but they left. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about it. Then she has to go to her family members and say, hey, um, one, the whole Jericho's going to be destroyed. Uh, they're, they're really going to they're really going to tear it up. Um, but I have a plan to save us. Okay, well, what's the plan? Well, you have to be in my house uh, whenever they come to destroy it. Um, isn't your house on the wall? Like, aren't they going to uh, bomb it, blow it up? F-16s are going to drop some nukes or something to knock down the wall? Aren't they going to? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, they told me to hang this scarlet cord out the window, and that's going to protect us. Oh, okay. Um, well, Rahab's gone off a rocker, so we're going to uh, stay in our house. Uh, we're going to socially distance, um, not just from everybody, but mainly you and your crazy story and your crazy plan. No, no, no. They told me that their God is going to save us. Oh, their God. Okay. Um, the one you just found out about like six hours ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to... Sometimes when you come up with a plan and it's choosing God's side, people are going to look at you crazy. People are going to question, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you believing that? You just got to operate in faith. Stand up and say, no, 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 this is what God says. This is what his word says, and I'm not backing down from it. You might think I'm crazy. I might get some weird looks. I might get somebody laughing at me. But God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to do it is what the scripture says. There's a, there's a picture of this uh, in John chapter 2. You can read it in uh, verses 13 through 21 of Jesus. It's when he destroys the, the temple. He does exactly what we're talking about. He walks into the temple and he assesses the situation. He says that he looks around and he sees the moneylenders selling animals and he says, you know what, I'm going to, number two, choose God's side. I'm going to choose his side because you will not make my father's house a den of thieves. He comes up with a plan. I like Jesus' plan. He walks out of the temple. He finds some tree limbs. He finds some weeds. And he says he starts making a whip. How long does it take Jesus to make a whip? I mean, he's a carpenter, so he might be able to go fast. But I'm pretty sure that there's some, uh, some braiding that has to go on. It's not like he just went out there and, you know, like our grandma used to tell us, go pick a switch and then come back in here. He makes this thing. So it's like he has to be thinking. 
getting more and more angry. Every time he, he binds another thing on that thing, my father's house isn't a den of thieves, my father's house. And he comes up with this plan. And boy, does he execute that plan. He goes in there and he gets to whipping. He gets in there and cleans out the house. But then he operates in faith. If you read in verse 20, 21, he starts telling people, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll rebuild it. Talking about the resurrection, talking about the gospel message, that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried in a tomb and rose again the third day, that even in that moment, as he's saying, I'm coming out of this better, this temple here, yeah, it's probably going to get destroyed one day, as he tried to destroy it just then. But he operates in faith on a whole new level. He says, no, you destroy this temple, I'll be back in three days, and we'll all come out of this thing much better. Whoa, Jesus, if it worked for him, praise God, I know it'll work for you, and I know it'll work for me. The last step that I have for you is come out better. Just make the choice today that you're going to come out better. Let's look at Joshua chapter 6, 24 and 25. We're going to wrap up Rahab's story. But they burned the city. This is the Israelites and Joshua and the two spies. They burned the city. Remember, they, they blew the trumpets and the walls crumbled down. But somehow, someway, there were angels, there was God's hand himself that held up that scarlet cord on the side of the wall. But when they came in there, they burned the city, all that was in it, with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Look at verse 25. And Joshua, listening to his men, spared Rahab, the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So now she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent out to spy. Because she assessed the situation, because she decided to choose the Lord's side, because she decided to make a plan, because she decided to operate in faith, she came out better. She came out better on the other side. She was spared, her family was spared, everything that she owned was spared, and she even got to live in the promised land. That she didn't even have, she didn't even have authority. She didn't even have the ability. She didn't have uh, an open invitation to this old covenant that God had with His people. But because of the steps and the faith that she did, God had to honor this Canaanite woman and include her in the covenant. Doesn't that sound like us? We were so far away. We were enemies of God, it says. But he sent his son to die for you, to die for me, to die for the Gentile world. And he ripped open the Holy of Holies so that you can walk into it today. And you can walk into your promised land. But as we finish right now, I want you to let you know that God is an abundant God. And although he spared Rahab, although he spared her family, although he let her live in the promised land with the Israelites, God makes it even better. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So this is telling us the genealogy. This is where Jesus, 
the lineage of Jesus comes from. It's got some big heavy hitter names on there. The son of David, that's King David if you don't know that. The son of Abraham, remember Abram who became Abraham, who established uh, the covenant with Abraham, he, he believed and it accounted to righteousness. He also circumcised himself. So the old covenant and the new covenant flows through this man. Some pretty heavy hitters. Look at Matthew chapter 2, 1 verse 2. Abraham begot Isaac, heard of him. Isaac begot Jacob, heard of him. Jacob begot Judah, the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot, whoo, the names are getting tricky here, Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. And look who we got here. Salmon, Salmon, however you want to read it, begot Boaz by who? The harlot Rahab. And Rahab, Boaz begot Obed. Well, who's Obed? I've heard of Obed before. By Ruth. I've heard of Ruth before. She's got a book named after her. Obed begot Jesse, verse 6. And Jesse begot David, the king. David, the king, begot Solomon by her who had the wife of Uriah. Wow. She said, I'm coming out of this season better. And God says, I'll do something even better. You think you're just going to survive this little attack? You think you're just going to uh, survive and, and live in the blessing promised land? Well, I'm also, because of your faith, because of what you've decided to be on my side, he said, I'm going to use that faith to continue the lineage. And now he, she is King David's like great-great-grandmother, the man after God's heart. She is in the lineage of Jesus himself. Rahab and her family survived destruction that God set up for his people, to prosper in their new land. But not only does God save her, he blesses her. Even throughout the New Testament, Rahab is mentioned multiple times. Now it's unfortunate that she's always mentioned as Rahab the harlot. You would think they would erase that, that part of the name as they got further in the scriptures. But look in James chapter 2, verse 25. James mentions Rahab in his book. In his letter, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? There's a book in Hebrew, there's a chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, that's called the faith chapter. That's called like the hall of fame where all the, the who's who of people in the Bible who had amazing things, amazing things they believed for, amazing encounters with God are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And guess who we find in there? Our favorite harlot, Rahab. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days, which means by Rahab's faith, her wall stood up so that she could be saved. Now look at verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab, come on, can we drop the name harlot? We, we get it. We know who Rahab is. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Look at verse 32. This, this blows my mind. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me 
I mean, you're writing a letter. You can write as much as you want. I don't know why he's running out of time right here. He says, For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. And you've heard of Gideon's story in Judges and Barak and Samson. You've heard of Samson. He tears the lions apart. He puts doors on his shoulders. Uh, he, he destroys the Philistines. And Jephthah, also of David. We're talking about King David here. And Samuel, one of the most famous prophets. And all the other prophets. What do you mean? The, like... Isaiah, like Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, all these other prophets. He doesn't have time to talk about them. But two scriptures before, he has at least two verses to talk about the harlot Rahab. He says, I don't have time to talk about Samson and what Gideon did and the faith of King David and Samson and Samuel and the prophets. But he made sure that he took time in his busy schedule of whatever he was writing that he wrote two scriptures in the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Fame chapter about this harlot Rahab. Which I believe, if she made it in the Hall of Fame, then what she did is something that we should be applying to our lives. As I finish today, how do you come out of this season better? How do you come out of any season of your life? How do you come out of this decade? How do you come out of this year better? Number one, it's making an honest assessment of where you're at in your life. Number two, it's choosing, making the choice today to choose the Lord's side. Whatever he says in that book, I'm going to agree with that and believe that over anybody else. Number three, it's come up with a plan. He says you just have to come up with a plan and God will direct your steps. That's... That's the hard part for me of where do I go? What do I do? God just says, come up with a plan. Just just step out in faith, come up with a plan, and I'll direct those steps. Number four, you got to operate in faith because when you come up with that crazy plan, people are going to come against you and say, I can't believe you go to that church. I can't believe you listen to that preacher. I can't believe you you read that in the book and believe that's for you. People are going to laugh at you. People are going to say that's crazy, but no, 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 I'm operating in faith. And then the last step is come out of it better. Make the choice that I'm going to come out of this better. With God on my side, if God is on my side, who can be against me? Greater is he that's in me than anything that can come against me in the world. And just know that when you come out of that better, just like how God treated Rahab, he not only saved her, but he blessed her. And he let her name be known for generations that we're even talking about her now all because of one decision in one moment of her life. It could have been very easy when she saw those spies in her house that she could have opened the door and told the cops, here they are, take them out and kill them. And her life would have gone in a completely different direction. It would have been over. Her and her family's life would have been over like a week later. But because of that, her name, her faith statement is now a part of the lineage of Jesus himself. So be like Rahab. Come out of this better in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this amazing, amazing story. We thank you for for showing us these practical steps that we can listen to, that we can abide by, that we can put into practice today, right now. Holy Spirit, speak to us as we assess ourselves, as we make a plan, as we choose your side. Show us what what scriptures we need to choose. Show us, Father, how to operate in faith. 
because we want to come out of this better. I want to come uh, with this marriage better than the previous years. With my children, I want to come out of uh, their young ages and come out of it better. And how I'm in my finances, I want to come out of my finances stronger and out of debt going forward. This church, Father, we want to come out of this season and grow Not just because we want numbers and we want people to show up, but we believe that there is a message of hope that people need to hear in this community. Father, help this community come out of this time better. That you help the local businesses. That you inspire and give them ideas and dreams. That there are new businesses that are inside of us and people inside of Press Church, Father. That they open new businesses and they get their finances in order. Father, we're coming out of this better. We are making a faith declaration today that nothing in hell or on this earth is going to stop us from coming out of this better in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, bless your people. May your face shine upon your people. May your peace blow upon your people. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. Keep them whole. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity as we get ready to open these doors on May 31st, that you just remove all the hindrances, Father, so that we can come back together. Be with your people until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you next week online, and then tentatively, by the name of Jesus and uh, the Holy Spirit and Father himself, we will be back together in two weeks. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.